It's the lowdown on Sports 1440 for Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for financing as low as 0%. Cash discounts and more on remaining 2023 Sierra Half Tons. Plus, cash discounts on remaining GMC and Buick SUVs. WolfGMCBuick.com. You know, I every week we prepare for our friend Bag Milk. We assume we're going to talk about Frank. And I always feel like he's like a non-violent guy, kind of a cool. I feel like he's maybe the uncle or or older brother for a lot of the folks over there. And then I read last night at eight thirty-six, I will sacrifice one random HQ employee if we can figure this PK out. They won't know which one or when. I never. I, I, first, do you know who you would do this to? You know, I don't know yet. That's why I said they won't know who or when. But I've got a, ran, a bunch of contenders here. All I know, Al, is that we need to fix this PK solution, and I'm looking at outside forces now. I don't know what's going on since the All-Star break is finished, but this team is not looking the same when down a man on the ice. So I, I these just, are the kind of circumstances that need drastic solutions. I think you know that I that I know someone over there, and um, – and that, you know, it, it, you're probably thinking low tide doesn't want that person to get, you know, get get it. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking Kennedy's the one you have to lay off of. No, Kennedy, if, I, if I'm being honest, I think Kennedy's going to fly under the radar of being okay. off the list. Um, and- I think you're right about that one. You know, she did a great job for us in Arizona. She did a great job for us here at HQ and... Uh, I don't know that the PK is, is is that rough a shape right now. And and your M Chuck is kind of like Rasputin. I don't know. You'd have to make sure. You know, you really would have to make sure. Um, I mean, do you think this? Well, one... Go ahead. And he's got those long legs out. Yeah, I got to be able to catch him first. Yeah. Do you, Do you think there's any possibility this would be like the hunt for Red October, where you end up shooting yourself? It might be. Yeah. You know? I'm just it saying. It might be. You, you, know. you know, just have when you're pointing one finger, you got three pointing right back at you. One of those situations. I did not see or hear, but I'm I'm curious about what Frank said pregame about this game. Did he predict a loss? He did predict the Bruins to win yesterday, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, and while he wouldn't necessarily reveal the details on why he believed that would be the result, ultimately, he came up as, as correct once again. And his intuition was right. His studying clearly saw a hole in the matrix or a glitch in the matrix that the Oilers just couldn't solve last night. And right now, Al, I think it's the second period. Yeah. He knows how the Oilers have been yeah. in the second period. The Bruins are too good to give away a 20-minute frame against well, them. Yeah, well, also, I think that, that once you get to overtime, it's luck of the draw. Leon damn near scored on the power play. I, I do not... Yeah. I was wildly entertained by the game. I have to say I was wildly entertained. And as much as the Oilers have things to work on, so do the Bruins. And I, I for me, I because I watch both teams a lot, I think that that I could see both of these teams in the Stanley Cup final. And then my question for you, and I, I pondered it myself at some length. I had two cups of coffee thinking about this. If that's the Stanley Cup final, that those two combatants, and that was game one, and you know that it would play out that way, what would you look to improve on the Oilers roster currently before the deadline and obviously before the Stanley Cup final? Well, if this is our final, first of all, I'm excited about it because I'm with you. As much as it's a, a 
you know, frustrating or annoying that the Oilers didn't complete the comeback and win it in OT. That was, that was everything you'd hope for from a hockey game. As a fan of the sport, it was back and forth. There were 11 goals in the game. What else do you want from that? But to answer your question specifically, I, I think that right now I'd really love a little bit more scoring. We got some depth scoring last night, and it came from, you know, Corey Perry, Lauren Fogel had two, Matthias Yanmark had goals in back-to-back games, and then Zach Hyman got one. But more scoring options would really be nice. So I just keep reading the rumors about, you know, the likes of, uh, of Jake Gensel. I can only imagine what he would look like beside Leon. I, I, I like the idea of maybe some depth scoring further down in the lineup, ease the pressure. We did a, an exercise this last, last week on Friday where the Oilers' fourth line to last place in terms of offense produced. And maybe that's changed a little bit now because Yanmark's got a couple of goals. But I, I think some scoring throughout the forward group would do a lot of, uh, do, it would do a lot of good. And I, I do think we need a defensive upgrade. I'm a little bit worried about Stu right now. I don't think the goaltending is a problem. You know, that was fifth straight game under 900 last night. I think he's been fighting a little bit since coming back. But if I'm to give you an answer, a direct answer, it's more scoring in the forward group. So is is if Gensel? I mean, there are rumors that he's you know negotiating and maybe he signs. Is but Nevich the guy you would go after if you don't if you can't get Gensel? You know, I've been listening to Tyler talk about him for the last for weeks it seems like and he just seems like he would be a really nice fit. It's almost to the point where it's confusing why they would want to give him up. He's a guy who's 28 years old. I know he's got uh, one more year left on his deal at 5.8, but 19 goals and 24 assists in 53 games. But I would love to add that in. And the fact that you can mix in, potentially have the extra year left on the deal afterward, mm-hmm. that's where we're talking about. Because, you know, you read all the insiders, all the information, they're all spitting out uh, what they know. And you see some of the cost of acquisition on some of these players. If the Oilers are going to spend assets, specifically their first round pick, man, I'd love to have some kind of Ekholm like deal where there's some extra time left on it. That's a lot to pay for a first round uh, just for a rental. And we've seen teams over the last handful of years uh, go all in at the trade deadline in terms of like picking up rentals. We saw Boston do it. We saw Toronto do it where it just didn't work out the way they wanted. So if you're going to spend the assets, man, I'd love it to be able to find a way to keep them in for next year and really build up a contender for not just this year, but for next year. So Pavel Bushnevich as a, a left winger shoots left. It'd be nice if he was a righty, but sometimes we can't have it all. He would be a great, great pickup. Yeah, it's. Um, I feel like you know, and this is such a weird year. Bagged. Can I call you bagged? You can call me whatever you like, sir. Okay. It's such a weird year. Like I, I was working on the draft in November, and then I haven't looked at the draft for uh, like months, and <laughs> I haven't. And then, and then I'm looking at the deadline, and then I'm like, well, you know, they don't really need anything. And I almost wrote an article. Do the owners need anything? Maybe they don't even get anybody at the deadline. And now I'm back to, well, I don't know about the goalie and the right defense and the center and the winger. Like this team is like a monstrosity, and yet it's 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 a beautiful, beautiful poem too. It's it's all or nothing, and it just depends. You remember that Seinfeld episode where this beautiful woman, if you caught her in the right light, she was no longer beautiful. That's this team. I do. It really is, and then you also look at just the draft capital they have. They have no third, no fourth, no seventh this year. They do have the first and second in twenty twenty four. But how much of those bullets do you want to spend? Because ultimately. You want to have something in the cupboards. 
we need some of these youngsters to be hitting big. And I know this is a four or five year project. So if the tech slides lighten up, I already know. But at some point, you want some of these younger players to be contributing on the roster on an entry-level deal or on a very cheap deal. And right now, the Oilers haven't really had that. Al, when was the last time the Oilers had a forward come up from down in Bakersfield and it's they found a way to stick? Would it be Ryan McLeod? Yes, it would. And, I, and that's – Paul Yarvey did, but not successfully. Yamamoto did, but not successfully. Holloway, we'll see. But you're right, McLeod for the last five years, say, is the guy. And I think that, like, when you're spending all the bullets in terms of, uh, of, of draft picks, like, I, I'm with, I'm spend, 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 especially based on the history that this organization has had drafting recently, uh, at the forward position at least. I'm all for it, but if you're going to spend those assets, I'd love to have someone that could also help next year. Well, you know, I think there's some big extensions, obviously, that got to be talked about in the offseason, but maybe somebody like Bushnevich, like you mentioned, with an extra year on there, mm-hmm. hey, then all of a sudden we can do some damage next season too. Yeah, Donovan suggested it. Do not credit him, though, but it was a good idea about Bichnevich. The, the, the thing that I want to talk to you about as well is, you know, you, you sort of just, you know, um, mentioned it, but I, I remember Sam Pollock would always, when he wanted to trade a guy, he'd bring him up for three weeks and put him on a line with Lemaire and Lafleur. And the Oilers have a guy like Raphael Lavoie, and I don't know that he has any real trade value. I don't think Borgo does at all. So really... You know, I noticed that uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman was tweeting out about uh, the uh, Philip Broberg and him, you know, trying to get him ready, and he's you know going to be gone for two weeks, yada yada yada. And I do wonder, like, I think their trade pieces are are the first round pick, the second round pick, and Broberg, and then after that, I don't know how much value these kids have. Well, that's that's just it, right? I, I mean, that we Oilers fans, we tend to overvalue our own prospects a little bit more than we probably should. I'm sure that happens in every fan base, but I cover the Oilers, and I notice it quite a bit at OilersNation.com, and I've noticed that your blog too, LT, where you do your rankings and everybody has a good a good argument or a good conversation about it in the comment section. And for Raphael Lavoie, I would agree. If he's not going to contribute on the current NHL roster, I don't know that he's going to be all that much value in terms of the trade. And you just chuck him in as a forward because then you're losing a big right-handed forward who's got 16 goals in the NHL. I just think the owners are going to – Ken Holland's going to be at the deadline and he's going to be like – remember John Candy and planes, trains, and automobiles? And he's trying to talk the – the guy into giving him a room for a whatever watch that was. I, I, I don't know how far you're going to get on Bichnevich or whatever when other teams are probably offering more. I think the first round pick is going to be it, and I don't know how far you can go. They won't give him up for a rental, and I don't know how much that pick will be worth for a player with term. I don't think Bichnevich gets it done. Like a first for Bichnevich, somebody will offer more. Yeah, and you're right, and that's part of the problem with some of the drafting issues we've had. Like you said, you talked about Pugliarvi didn't necessarily work out. That's fourth overall pick. Kyler Yamamoto, 22nd overall pick, and those didn't necessarily work out the way we wanted to. So it's going to be interesting to see what Ken Holland's approach is. You know, we've still got some time until deadline day, and at this point last year we started to hear rumblings that perhaps Matthias Ekholm might shake loose in Nashville, and you kind of look at the numbers and you go, there's no way that Ken Holland could pull that off. It had to be a money-in, money-out situation, but he found a way to get the deal done. So I'm still hopeful that Uncle Ken's got something, got, got a trick up his sleeve that we haven't seen yet because we've got – we got eight, uh, 17 days until the trade deadline, just a little over two weeks. And now I think the rumors are going to start picking up. And now it's time for, for old Dutch to pick up the phone and get to work. And I'm really hopeful that he's going to be able to pull off another at home type trade that just leaves us all kind of surprised and shocked and elated. 
But we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Do you think, Al, let me ask you a question now. Do you think that Oilers fans generally would be okay with a quieter trade deadline, or is this one of those ones where they have to push some chips in? No, I think every day is Armageddon for some Oilers fans, so I think there'd be a lot who'd be upset. I, I think, but but I don't think they have to worry, to be honest, because Ken Holland isn't, like, he's a guy who, he'll grab a defenseman. I don't know what the defenseman's name is, but he'll have one, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they trade for Patrick Kane. You know, I think there will be a name player in play, and I think he will arrive in Edmonton, and I believe they will, at the end of the day, uh, after trade deadline day is done, Oiler fans will go, well, I'm not completely happy, but they made an effort. I, I don't see them um, I don't see them sliding through quietly. They're going to, the, the prospect, the, there are minnows only in the prospect pool, and they're still going for it with first-round pick and Broberg. That's my belief. Yeah, and I would uh, I would not argue against it. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Broberg, right? I mean, like you said, he's one of the best prospects they have in the stable, and he's one of the only ones that probably people are calling on, at least at this moment. What is Broberg in a first-round pick get you? Is that no. going to get us enough for what we want to spend? Because you look at that defensive depth chart, too. We're only one injury away from Broberg being up in the top six and playing every night. Yeah, So that true. is also a risky play in itself. Yeah, it's true. It's... uh. It's a mystery and a riddle wrapped in, you know, bacon with some cream cheese and a mushroom is what it is. That's what we're dealing with. Sounds delicious. (laughs) I'm hungry now. I don't know why I went there, but now I'm completely hungry. Uh, Bagged, uh, you have a great week, okay? And I hope everybody over there does pretty well, even if the PK gets solved. Thanks, Al. Pleasure talking to you. All right, bud. There he goes. Bagged milk. You were the one that pointed out that tweet. He seemed to... To be willing to sacrifice somebody. He sure did for a second. I thought it was going to be me somehow. That's how personal the, tw- the tweet felt. Yeah. Uh, Do you work closely with him? No, never. Not no. at all. But that's ooh, no. still my first inclination. Well, I thought, you know, I thought it was somebody he would work with every day. That was my guess. I'm sure it was, but I still got nervous. You, you know, know I didn't um, want to be sacrificed. Do you know in some cultures, the it's oldest. It's an honor. Well, no, but some cultures, the oldest is. Like if you can't keep up, they yep. just, they, they put you on a, like, maybe a sheet of ice and you mm-hmm. they don't turn around yeah we wouldn't do that here though really i wouldn't do that well, we, we'll go down together we'll be like the uh the captain this, co-captain the, the titanic this will be it i'll i'll step on to the little island that's on the way to uh banff and nobody else will step out there and then nobody will turn around but you'll go see ya i'll think about it real hard It'll be a tough call. It'll be last-minute decision, <laughs> but you're probably right. Do you remember Homer Simpson when he gets in the car and he goes, so long, suck, and then he hits the mall? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so good. Yep. Okay. All right. Do you have anything to add, Donovan? You've been quiet. I've been quietly working here on the side, but uh, no, I don't, I don't really have anything to add to this. You haven't said a word since I said hand check, and you're still trying to figure it out. I am still trying to figure out hand check. I've been... Uh, vigorously Googling what a hand check is on the side here. That's been my main objective over the last about uh, 20 minutes. Well, you are a wise man. You use your time wisely. Okay, on the way, your comments about the game last night about Nuge and more. Low down with low tide on Sports 1440. If you need or want a truck, get to Wolf GMC Buick now. Remaining 20 below down with low tide on Sports 1440. Can you fit Sports Encyclopedia on a business card? Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. It's the lowdown on Sports 1440, brought to you by WolfGMCBuick.com. 
Daniel Nugent Bowman reporting that Ryan Nugent Hopkins wasn't on the ice for Oilers practice, still to be determined for Friday's game via Chris Knobloch. And Bruce Cassidy, head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, says that Mark Stone is week-to-week with an upper body injury not related to his back. Mm -hmm. That's the problem now. Nobody's going to believe it. It's a thing. You know, the, the perception is reality. Especially in, in today's world where everybody believes the worst possible thing. Declan can say, I graduated with the highest marks in my class. And we can go, what, did you, did you pay for those? Yeah, I didn't do that. Wish I had. Wish I had. Well, was never that guy, unfortunately. I was close, though. But you're very smart. Yeah, I had good grades, for sure. For sure. Were but, you a teacher's pet? Not Mrs. Andrews, but others? Uh, no, no, not really. No. Did my own thing in class. Did you uh, Did you get a lot of spares because you already, like, had, you know, done the work? and? Yeah, in my in my grade 12 year, I had quite a few good spares there because yeah. I uh, got everything out of the way. Did you go in with a bunch of gum and just sit there, or did you did you party down, or did you ride your bike around town? What did you do? During my spares? Yeah. Uh, I had one friend, uh, Tanner Stanisha, we used to play chess on one spare. Wow. Every every spare. And then I had another, there was a group of us that all had a spare, and mm-hmm. we would all just hang out. And then one was at the end of the day, and I would just kind of go home. And that was in the second semester, I guess. Yeah, going home yeah. is the best. Oh, it was. But I'd usually have to come back for, like, practice or something. But it was still nice to go home for a little mm-hmm. while. Yeah, well, you know. you. And that's my life. All right. Yeah. And it's no more difficult now. He has a very uncomplicated life. Can I hit you guys with a crazy stat that just came across my Twitter timeline? Sure. With Austin Matthews' second goal last night, he tied Alex Ovechkin for the most five-on-five goals of any NHLer since 2013-14 wow. with 226. He didn't start till 16-17. That was the second part of the tweet. Yes, pretty impressive given that Matthews debuted in 16-17 and has played 262 fewer games. You know, I, I know that there's a made-up competition between... McDavid and uh, Matthews, and and look, I I will absolutely sign off on McDavid being a superior player, but let's give Austin Matthews credit here. He is healthy, he is at the peak of his ability, and he is having a monster year, one of the best goal-scoring years in history. I think Matthews is in a weird spot where he has almost been overrated and talked up by Leafs media for some time that I almost think we could call him underrated as a player now i know he doesn't distribute but there is a certain amount of truth to that yeah i'm saying they've been talking as if he's something for so long and now that he is there's no extra that's one of the and it's it was it's been talked into a point that we don't want to appreciate it because it was so preemptive and now that it's here it's almost like we don't want to accept it but Mm -hmm. we can't ignore it anymore no what does have two great top six right wing options and fogel and mcleod just need sneaky good three c shouldn't cost a first use that first for tanev uh, you know, I, I I like Adam Henrique. He's out there. I don't know what he would cost. A power play without Nuge, not as dangerous. Always make smart plays, unselfish, rarely lose battles if a puck is loose. Used to have issues with giving up the puck on the wall, not for the past few years. I, I think that after I went crazy, and that maybe nothing to do with me, uh, the Nuge texts have been far more positive. Would you agree with that? The Nuge text, it's definitely in favor of him. I don't know what we no. thought we were going to be walking into, but the Nuge, well, there's been a lot of Nuge positivity since we've been I was listening to Connor. Maybe he was writing them himself. That's what, you know, maybe he was, just, yeah, he was trying to stir up some content well, because Nuge like has that, been you know. a lot of support here. The other day he said that I didn't like um, Raisin 
brand cookies. You know, the, the oatmeal raisin cookies. I love them. Maybe he's just that guy. Ooh, we do finally have a negative Nuge text coming oh, in. Oh, okay. What is it? Hello, third center Nugent Hopkins. They didn't seem to miss him much five on five in the top six last night. Leon's line was not right. And the Fogel on the top line was terrific. They they were three and zero in goals and owned mm-hmm. the, the, the shot share. He was missed on the power play, I'll yeah. tell you that. But I would have checked him down to the Leon line, and maybe that's what they'll do. Yeah. What about Leon with Nuge and McLeod? Is there not enough beef on that line or um you go Hyman, McDavid, McDavid Fogel. Fogel, and then Leon with Nuge and McLeod. Is then, it too skinny? It's a little skinny than what, like Kane, Kane Perry, Holloway? Maybe. That would be yeah. a hell of a set of wingers for the young guy. The yeah, young guy's got he can scoot. I don't know. I think Kane will be on one of the top two lines. I think he deserves it. I think Kane should. He's, yeah, he's a top six guy. He's, he's your second line left winger. I'm setting him in that position, and I'm happy with it. Yeah. Can I hit you with another potential trade deadline target? Sure. That has just hit Frank Saravalli's trade bait board. Okay. At newly trade bait board member, number eight, Riley Smith. Interesting. What do we think of Riley Smith? Do we think he's I like him. He's got an extra year, right? No, he's a UFA at the end of the year. Uh, This is the, the last year. Uh, of five million dollars, so Pittsburgh, the I mean, he's just he's just debuted in the top ten, so that so, that means so he's he's a he's a UFA. He's he's a UFA, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah, mm. one one year remaining. So uh, no, Uf- but he's he's a UFA after this. Season. Oh, after, so yeah. sorry, um, he's twenty. He has another no, year, boys. He does have another year. Yeah, right. yeah. He, he has because okay. I looked him up. I'm writing an article that uh, Donovan hates, uh, and I looked him up, and he has an extra year. But I like him as a player. I do. If there's retention, would you be interested? He did not fit in Pittsburgh, but he really fit well in, in Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, I the, don't know. The idea of retention is like if they're retaining the salary, you're sending something back to make it worth their while. Yeah. And when you're sending a package that naturally gets bigger because of the retention mm-hmm. and gets more sweeter on their side, I'm not sure if Riley Smith coming this way is the return I would like for this team. I, I, can I just say something? They're getting old, guys, and they are getting old with a lot of fat contracts that have years to go. And I know Smith's only got an extra year, but sooner or later they're going to have, and I'm telling you, it's like obvious, not because I'm brilliant, but because I've stared at teams for a long time. There's a, successful teams marble their roster with older guys, peak guys, and young guys. And right now, if you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins, they don't have any young guys. Vegas doesn't have any young guys. The Oilers don't have any young guys. The difference is the Oilers haven't won Jack Doodley yet, and they still don't have any young guys. You need to have you need to have the flow, the pipeline working. And they have Holloway and they have Broberg, but they're still not there there. And I would like to see them instead of trading for Riley Smith, trading for Tomasino or somebody like that. I I think they need to infuse the roster with somebody who's 23 years old. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. And and also the 23-year-old's going to be cheap, right? In terms of cap, yeah. Big selling point for this team. My only problem with a 23-year-old personally is they're not really proven yet. Like Tomasino, 
good player, half point a game player, but he's not he's not proven yet to me, especially in a playoff setting. I especially for a cup contending team like the Oilers, I'm looking for a proven player who's going to come in and make an impact. So that's why I've been really high on the Pavel Bushnevich train, and that's where I would like to see them personally go. But I, I can see the argument, especially with the Tomasino, half a point a game player. Could that go up with a with a dry settle? A hundred percent. But I just would I would prefer proven. And and we have that, and I don't think you're wrong. I think that's what Ken Holland wants, and he won't trade the first without somebody who's at least another year. And I guess Riley Smith qualifies. He wouldn't be at the top of my list, put it that way. Would Riley Smith be a first? I don't think he would be. I'm not trading a first for Riley Smith. I think Riley so Smith So what would, would he be? Second and a prospect. Okay, so then it's a second and a prospect, but you want retention. So it's something else as well, yeah. Okay, well, no. let, let's say second prospect and a, and a third. Would that would, is that enough? Like two and a half is what that what you want them to retain? And I don't know if that's sweet enough for Pittsburgh to take that deal. Yeah, I think it's a first if you have retention. I think I would probably agree, and in that in that course of action, I don't want them, even with retention. Same here, then. But like, if you're if you're giving up the first, you want if in my mind, if you're giving up the first, you want that big impact player, and to me, that's just Pavel Buchnevich. I'm gonna I'm gonna push this till I. Okay, but I fall I, over. again, we've got a $5 million guy, and he's got a year on his contract too, right? Yes. Okay, so how do we make that work, boys? Because remember, you got the Connor Brown bonus. $2.3 million on the cap uh, if they don't make a move till the deadline. That's what they're going to have. Mm-hmm. So, so realistically, yeah. you're needing to trade out one of Fogel, Kulak, or CeCe. Regardless, that's happening this deadline anyways. I think we can all agree on that. Well, if they add. If they yeah. add, which... I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's set in stone. I, no. They're, if they want to make a big splash, which from all intensive purposes, it sounds like they're going to try and do, one of those players is most likely out the door if they want to make that splash. So, But if Kulak's out for money, you need a defenseman coming back. Nick Sealer doesn't make a ton of money. I, I don't know if he's going to be out there. I know Philly's trying to re-sign him, but that, that would be a nice kind of Kulak replacement. I, I don't know if it's possible, but it's it's... He's been out there a little bit, so Nick Sealer for Kulak, he, you make a big splash. I, I don't know. Would would that be in the the realm of possibility for, for you guys? I don't. I don't think. I don't like that deal. I, I like. I like Kulak. I do too. Yeah, I think. I think he's a better player than Sealer. I, I think he is too. But of all the the possible cheaper options, I think he's a really nice checkdown. Don't you? I would have run Burlberg in October. I don't like that deal. I don't think you're making yourself better in a really important spot because the one thing about Kulak, and I know I wrote an article trading him yesterday, but the one thing about Kulak is he can move up, and he is really good in the playoffs. Better the devil you know. We've got some texts in here. Broberg can replace Kulak. I don't know if it's just that easy. Do you guys? I think he can. I wouldn't. Broberg is a great penalty killer in the American League. Great penalty killer. Kulak doesn't kill penalties. But is he a great penalty killer in the NHL? Well, you have to give him a chance, and they haven't. They they haven't. I agree. They should have given him a chance, but unfortunately, they started out two nine and one. So I would much rather give him a chance than trade Kulak for Sealer. If you could, in the in the thing that I wrote yesterday, I had Kulak going out, I had Forbert coming back, and I had Fogel going out, and I had DeBrus coming back. 
and maybe that's not the deal. But I, I, if you're going to trade out Kulak, then and and play Broberg, the solution is you bring back a defenseman like Forbert, who is an NHL experienced defenseman. Maybe he doesn't play ahead of Broberg. Maybe he does. But you're 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 checking down, but not all the way from Kulak. Forbert's how much money is he? Three million? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, the money works if you don't do anything until the deadline. They could make that two for two trade in Edmonton and not ask for retention. I checked that with Hart at uh, Puckpedia, and he knows way more about that stuff than I do. I guess I didn't have to say that. Everybody would know that. Cole on the text line likes uh, likes Artem Zub out of Ottawa. Yeah, I. Uh, why would they trade him, though? No idea. I don't think they would. I don't, I don't think he's been his name's even been mentioned, has it? I'm well, Probably on this show, because a lot of people do like him. What about Vetrano? I don't. He's left-handed, and he's sort of one to me. I would rather go for Sprong. He's right-handed, and he's he's a scorer. But I don't. I think they're looking for a, a little more oomph. I think they'd like a little. I think they would like a physical scorer who's a little bit of a two-way guy on right wing, and he could be right-handed if you're the Oilers. I don't know who that is, but that's what I'm thinking. All right. Don't we don't shouldn't you be doing a feature next? Yeah, nothing today. No, Thursday uh, no features well, here, so it's going to be a lot more round at the table. Beginning of this thing that we were going to have you working hard. Do you want to give me a Thursday feature moving forward? I'm really that, like Donovan. if that's the case, I'm starting to take your shine a little too much. I don't want to do that. Well, I don't think that's true and besides it's inevitable. Um <laughs> what could we have him do? Thursday thwack. Um well, you know, baseball season's coming on. I was reading about the Nationals. They're screwed unless young players step up. Had a couple last year do it. Got a couple of pitchers who are okay, but merely okay. I think they're going to be better than, than last year. I truthfully do. Okay. What about um, Blue Jays? 110 wins? No. They're 15 wins. I'm going to one twenty. very controversial opinion here. I think they're going to miss the playoffs. Uh, that's not just, just, I, I genuinely, I, I don't know if they're, why a do you team. hate Garth Orge? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. That, go, that went over my head, but, um, <laughs> the Seattle Mariners, they're a good team. They're a very good team. The Texas Rangers, very good team. There's, there's only a limited amount of spots, right? And you got to think the Tampa Bay Rays are going to make it. There's, there's the Yankees. There's the Orioles. The Houston Astros are still good. They should never have let Soto go to the Yankees. Honest to God, I said it when they were chasing Otani. I said, "Don't chase Otani. Get Soto." Yeah, they they, they should have gotten Juan Soto, and he's going to haunt everyone's nightmares. He's going to hit home runs till hell won't have it. If once he turns to once he learns to turn those hips and hit the ball down the right field line, 50. 5 0. It's like Hawaii for Soto. Okay, we'll take a break. More of your comments and more claptrap. Mm, maybe I meant something else. Low down with low tide on Sports 1440. Your name is important, even if it's spelled differently. It's the lowdown on Sports 1440 for Wolf GMC Buick. WolfGMCBuick.com. 
And it's the Battle of Alberta Watch Party hosted by Kevin Carius from Sports 1440 on the weekend at Century Sports Ball or and Lounge at Century Casino on Fort Road on Saturday. Game time is 8. You'll be there at 5 o'clock. You can enter to win two tickets to that night's game. Outstanding. Kevin will be there. You know, enter to win prizes, game day food, beverage specials. Giddy up. It's fun. Been there. It's a blast. I got to meet some people who listen to the radio station and love Declan more than me. It was great. Just so good. Um, by the way, the Dodgers are up on the Padres, 8 nothing. Clay Kirby must be on the mound for, uh, for the Padres. Ron Say, Steve Garvey, Davey Lopes, Rick Monday, and Dusty Baker have all hit home runs. Did they really like me that much? The mean group? No, people like to. Good. Yeah, they were talk- right. they t- they say to me. Um, I had somebody very kind texted me the other day. Said, "You get these guys, and they're so good and talented." And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, they you're fresh and young, and you're you're um, you have great ideas, and your neurons are firing, and you're not cynical about life yet. You're perfect for me." Well, it's a reflection of you. So no, I it isn't. That. It's nothing. You know, you know, what it's a reflection of the one thing I will give myself credit for. The one thing. I will give myself credit for over the years. And it goes back to Allison Curry and Connor and Lieutenant Eric. And I'm, I'm going to forget people and I'm sorry. Uh, but, and, and, you know, all kinds of people, your Chuck, you guys, is I surrender the microphone a little bit to you. You but do. Your creativity is what drives the show. So I'm not a hog. It's more than I'm even comfortable with sometimes. Sometimes I sit here and think, think to myself, am I talking too much? Like, this should be low tide going right now, and instead I'm just waffling. But I, th- so. I, th- I, I was taught, I worked with a woman named Cynthia Charles, and what I learned from her was, is this the best thing you could possibly be saying right now? So how does that work? It works because I have time to think what I'm going to be saying, mm-hmm. and then you have time to think about what you're going to be saying, and then Donovan thinks about how he's going to derail the show. That's how it works. It's a dynamic, right? So he's over there going, these guys are prattling on about something, and he chimes in and sends us in a different direction. Three three brains working is way better than one. Trust me on well, that. Well, to get all three of us together make one whole brain. So, Well, I mean, most of a brain. Yeah, Okay. like 90%. I've heard Netflix is making a documentary about Montreal Expos. Why they moved to Washington? Did Low Tide narrate? Did they ask his input? Cynical trucker Al? No, and I'm still deciding if I'm going to watch it. I Low Tide gets stubborn on baseball. I do. I didn't read Moneyball, and I I never have, and I wouldn't watch the movie. And people got irritated and angry with me, and I kept saying, "I already saw Whitey Herzog do it in St. Louis. I know how it works." And then I watched the movie, and I loved every minute of it. So Low Tide is stubborn as a mule and sometimes oftentimes it's to his own detriment but that's how i roll baby but i probably will watch probably will watch are either of you two a swifty i know you're not you don't like the clergy you don't like swifties there's a lot of things that I don't like. That uh, Pulp Fiction, my goodness. Oh, remember that, that day? Yeah, that was tough. How? Why did we let him stay? That was the day. That was when we knew someone was a little off. Yeah, like it's yeah, he's a nice guy, but that's kind of how it's, the conversation. It's sort of like you then. put that on a resume, you don't get hired. Oh yeah, for why sure. Why do you think I left it off my resume to get here? Wow, 
If we had known how different our lives would be. I, I just, I remember that. I remember watching the Academy Awards because I wanted, I love Shawshank, but I would have accepted Pulp Fiction and I knew they were going to do it for Forrest Gump and they did. Yeah. That's the third best movie in that year, you know. Yep. Maybe fourth behind Lion King. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Saying. I was never a Forrest Gump guy. I liked it, but it's like, you know what? It was the, the it, it's exactly what Hollywood awards. Yeah. It's a cute movie with a guy they like. Yes. And that's B and the other word letter, I guess. Like Shawshank, there's nothing comfortable about Shawshank. It's an awful movie, except that it's a beautiful movie. Watanehu. Is that it? Watanehu? Zewatanehu. Zewatanehu. With the boat thing and the thing and. I guess I just miss my friend. <laughs> I'm so confused right now. Yeah, of course, because you hate Pulp Fiction. I can't believe that. At you weren't I even kind of. You didn't say, yeah, I get why people like it. You're like, this I did dog say that, meat. though. I you did said, say that. No. You Reservoir Dogs our movie is what you did. Is he still besmirching Taylor Swift? Yes. Yes, he is. All of her love songs about bad, bad men. I don't know what her love songs are about. I'm just making stuff up. Well, to be to be fair, she has actually talked a lot about her exes and uh, what they've done to her. So, I think that this Kelsey fellow better make this marriage last 60 years. Because they like him. All the Swifties like him. But like is, you know, there's a thin line. Don't all the Swifties like all of her boyfriends when she has them? And, but then they turn on But then on. they turn on Right. Them. So that's what I'm saying. The NFL is in crisis if this relationship ends. Yeah, you might, you might be right. The NFL might uh, might tumble if, if, uh, if Kelsey fails this. All we're doing is doing clickbait for people to text us and say, you don't know what you're talking about. It's no big deal. She's helping her career. Why? <laughs> By paying attention to an NFL player. Did I tell you I joined a rotisserie baseball fantasy thing league? Yeah, you mentioned it the other day. Are you excited about it? No, I don't think I am. Oh, okay. I think well. I need somebody. You might have to do the league for me. I don't know any players. I'll be your proxy. Okay, Never. I'll, I'll take the, over. What's the name of the pitcher who's the best in the National League? Is it Clayton Kershaw? Uh, Oral Hershiser. Okay. <laughs> that uh, is... <laughs> That was not the pull I was expecting. Uh, it's a deep cut, isn't it? What do you mean? He's a great player. Oh, he's a great player, but yeah. I was expecting something more uh, more recent than uh, Oral Hershiser. Well, Kershaw, he can't win the big game, but he wins during the regular season, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great yeah, He's, he's a still great player. a fantastic player. Who won but... the Cy Young Award in the National League last year? Oh, top of my head? I'm not sure. Garrett Cole was the AL. I'll be totally honest. I don't remember who won the Cy Young. Yeah, the I, would to, I would have to look it up. You guys are, if I'm going to be in this league and you're going to help me, you're going to have to do a lot better work than this. I want to reel something back really quickly. Blake Snell won? He's yes, no good. Yes. Isn't that the guy from Tampa? He's still a free agent. That was the guy who they pulled uh, They, they pulled the in Tampa. What the hell? Yeah. How, the league has gone to hell. Blake Snell? That gringly little guy, the the big stringy fella. Well, good enough to win a Cy Young. Must have done something. Fourteen right. and nine. Well, he had a two twenty five. Okay, all right. I'm saying, but he led in base on balls. But look at that! Holy mackerel! Strikeout to walk. Not bad. I can't believe he won. Blake uh, Snell. God. 
Well, anyway, sorry. No, I just want to reel something back here because I've been looking at this text for a few minutes here, and it is trading Kulak is not smart. He's the kind of guy you like to have in playoffs, and he's also the kind of guy playoff teams are looking to add, and he's a decent contract. In fact, this is the texter as well, I'd go as far as to say the drop-off from a nurse to Kulak is minuscule. Don't know if I'd go that far. Unless he's this year's Barry in a similar type acquisition, you keep him, Sean. Thoughts on that? Because I kind of agree that he is, like, we talk about him as a salary dump in these packages because he's a third-pairing defenseman, but I, I think he's a guy I would like to have come playoff time, and I don't think, that's why I don't think it's a certainty that he's gone come trade deadline, hell or high water. Here's the problem. I'm going to tell you the problem. And people are going to get mad at me because I'm about to say some things about Ken Holland that they don't like. If Kulak is an overpay, it's marginal. If Cody Cece's an overpay, it's marginal. If Fogel is an overpay, it's marginal. But let's say it's 400000 each. That's $1.2 million. So if you're going to find fault with him, it's $1.2 million fault. And so this is the question that nobody ever answers because it's such a difficult one and impossible. But in order to be highly critical of Ken Holland, I think you have to be able to answer it. What is the going rate on general managers annually in terms of waste? Like how much, uh, let's say every NHL general manager has a garbage barge waiting in Manhattan to set to sea. And there's a certain amount of, of uh, garbage that they can put every year on this barge and still survive as the general manager. What's the, what's the amount? And like, I know Ken Holland signed Jack Campbell, but he also hired, hired you know, uh, Zach Hyman and he traded for, Matias Ekholm, I don't have the answer. But I I look at the 2019 roster when he got here, and I look at the roster now, and it's really good. And what Declan said is absolutely true. If you're trading guys, it's shades of gray. And that's why I don't think you trade for Tana, because I don't know if he'll be better, markedly better, than CeCe. Maybe he will be. I think he's definitely better. How much? Worth That's a first-round pick? I don't know. I'm not sure, but I do think he's an upgrade. I don't know what the, that percentage would be, but I do think he's a better player. Would you, if you could afford to, would you trade for Tanev with the first-round pick and trade DeHarnay and put CeCe on the third pair? Yes. Yeah, I would. All right. I was expecting a little longer time to mull, but... You know what? I was gonna mull about it, but Donovan answered so quickly. I was like, "Ooh, I gotta get, I gotta get back to the mic." So that's why I jumped in there. But I would do it. I would do it. The mulling, pro- the mulling period is over. Mall of Kintyre. Do you know guys know that song? No. Okay. That's, no. All right. Got a lot of references that are going over my head today. Yeah, th- this is the letting you down. We've uh, we've talked about so. No, frequently. but it's a, this is an old man talking about things that people don't know about. That's not your fault. That's the old man's fault. One day I'll come in here. And I'll say exactly what old man Simpson says. And somebody in a position of authority will go, we cannot have this for another day. I can't take it. I cannot. If he mentions the Edsel one more time, I'm going to lose it. And that'll be the end. You know the underrated cap cap casualty that we haven't really talked about yet? Matthias Janmark. $1 million? Is he he the guy that gets gets shipped out here? No, because what is he? He's under the cap. You could like, he's one million, right? Yeah, yeah, one million. You could you could just send him down. You could, however, wouldn't it be better to just honestly to to ship him out? You get a, 
You get that million dollars? Wouldn't that be a nice? No, because every every roster spot's worth one point one million or something like that. So you could send him down, and then he could be recalled in the playoffs when money doesn't matter. You're you're right. Yeah. No, but I I, th- I think there's there's creative ways that they could maybe maximize the the. It is tough because these guys aren't useless. You know, if you could trade Jack Campbell, I mean, I can see the first-round pick going out with Jack Campbell because then you do have more room. But beyond that, guys, I don't think you like, – Yanmark is – like, he, he is a useful player. He scored goals in the last two games, penalty kills. I know he has a different helmet and he's from Europe, but we shouldn't be, you know – looking at him as a guy who can, you know, help the cap because he just doesn't make enough. If the Oilers are acquiring a fourth liner, though, would he get playing time unless there's an injury? But it'll be between him and Ryan. Who would you play? I would play Derek Ryan. Well, Ryan's right-handed. He can take face-offs, and he's a smart guy. But so is Yanmark. I don't have an answer for you. I know that I would rather put him in the minor leagues and then bring him back if I needed to during the playoffs. I don't think he has that much trade value, guys. No, but just as a, like a, a little cap dump, you you but have it isn't a million the flexibility. The, the roster spot is one point one seven five, something like that million. So you could what what you could do is you could recall Lavoie and save two hundred grand. What well, isn't Jack Campbell taking up their their AHL drop down money? Uh, is there a limit on that? I thought it was per contract. No, I think it's just one slot. Of one point whatever million, because then other teams would do that way more, right? Well, I, I, I just don't think you're saving money by like just send them down. I, I don't. I we would have to figure out how this works, but I think it's one slot. I could be a hundred percent. But wrong. you could, you can even if you don't get credit for it, you just send them down, and then you call up Lavoie or whoever you make a trade for somebody. I don't, I don't see trading Yanmark getting you enough to make it worth doing it. Just send him down. I, I I don't know. I don't, I don't think – I think he would just be a, a cap. Shove off to the side, give us more money. If you if you didn't replace him, you'd have more money. Like if you went with 20 players. Well, no, I'm just saying like come deadline time, replacement Yanmark saves you $1 million. Like shipping him off in a deal, you have $3 million, okay. right? I think we can And then it. you don't replace him. You don't replace that no, spot. No, you bring so if you ship out Yanmark, three million dollars. Right. You bring back another player. I mean, then you have three million dollars worth of flexibility, right? So you could get you, a three million dollar player to replace him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. That would be something that they could maybe think about. I I, I don't know. Well, the debate will carry on tomorrow. Surely. Are we done? Oh, we're done. Oh, my God. we got to get going. This is bad. We're going to be on Gregor's time. It's time to go. All right. But the debate will rage on. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Jason Gregor on the way. Please enjoy your day. It's time for an update. This is a sports 1440 update.